Welcome to the Makeshift Podcast, hosted by Chris Powell from Full Steam Designs and myself, Corey Stanley from Odyssey CNC. And this week we have Daniel from PWN CNC. How's it going, Daniel? Hey, pretty good. And you guys? Uh, yeah, not too bad. So is it is it PWN CNC or is it Pwn CNC? <laughs> um, I've heard it said either way. I like uh, Pwn CNC because it's sort nice. of like a gaming term. Yeah. That I was, was like, about to ask that as soon as Chris said that, I was like, was he a gamer? <laughs> that was like that, uh, what they call it, like leet speak or something? Yeah, I, I believe know. so. But yeah. I'm not a gamer either. So uh, <laughs> oh, I guess I'm just a nerd. <laughs> just All right. I'll just edit that part out. <laughs> no, you got to leave it. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess it was like, it, it, it was like 2018 when I first got my Shapoko and my buddy Clinton was telling me about this guy that made dust boots and that I got to, I got to start talking to you. And like, it, it feels like that was just the other day, but like you've made a ton of products since then. And so, I mean, maybe for people who don't, who don't know exactly who you are, or don't know exactly what your company is all about and whatever, uh, maybe you should give like a quick rundown of that. Cause it is, it has been kind of a lot in the last few years. Sure. So, um, so I'll start, I'll start almost at the beginning. I went to school for a uh, computer engineering degree. Um, but I actually went for mechanical engineering at first, Hmm. ended up getting a full-time job in an R and D department in a a local, um, engineering firm and just loved it. Switched over to computers and did programming. And about 2019 is whenever I started, um, designing. Um, so I, bought my first Shapoko and I, I kept running into roadblocks, right? There was a workflow involved where you, you clamp it down, you, you program your code, you enter in, go into the cam software, um, to try to run your machine. And I kept running into roadblocks Mm -hmm. and those roadblocks were just mental roadblocks, right? I'd come up to the, and, and try to figure out, okay, how am I going to mount this piece of stock onto my CNC machine? And then I came up with that, that clamping system. I went looking for it first, couldn't find anything I really liked. Um, so I took some inspirations and came up with the lever clamp. So that was just my very first product. Um, it turned out to be a really good success. Then it led, of course, after I clamped it, the next roadblock I ran into, which was um, dust collection, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want my dust, my garage filling up with dust, my vehicles covered in dust. <laughs> So I went looking for a dust boot and the premier dust boot at the time was suck it dust boot. Mm-hmm. Turns out I liked part of it and I hated part of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the part I loved, I loved the Z independence um, where the boot just floated over the stock and it just stayed in position. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about a lot of moving parts. So then I came up with the, uh, the thing that I didn't like was the, where the hose was going. It blocked my entire view. I have this mm-hmm. fancy new machine. I wanted to stare at it. I would, I would just sit there and just stare at it with my safety glasses on, just watching <laughs> it cut. And of course, mm-hmm. covered in dust. So I had to come up with a, a design where the hose went under the gantry so that I could actually see what was going on. Nice. And so it just kind of grew the, from there. To get around the hose block, you had to have a, a reach around. Yeah. <laughs> <Coming> from behind. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that was what really, you know, made it stand out to me cuz like, you know, I'm doing all these videos and it the video the whole time is just, you know, and I'm sure we've all seen it before where you're watching someone's CNC video, it's either a pile of dust and you can't see anything or the the dust collection is right in the front and again, oh, you can't yeah. see anything. You no, know, you don't get to see the bit move in and, and see what's actually happening. So for doing tutorials where I was trying to help, you know, new people understand what was going on, like, how can you do that with a dust boot right in the way? So, yeah. so that, uh, I guess that was the Gen 2, I guess I had actually gotten, I think was my first one. Yeah, the uh, the first one was just really big and bulky. It was part of that Belt Z Shibuko. Mm-hmm. Um That kind of helped... I was recycling all, I'm still recycling all of the money back into the business. And all that, all the sales that I made from V1 basically immediately went into buying myself an HDZ, mm-hmm. which then necessitated the design for a V2. <laughs> and 
I literally was every every time I made a change to the machine, I had to upgrade the design. Or um, and then of course, the more popular it became, the more um, people came out of the woodwork. Like uh, folks with X carves wanted mm-hmm. a dust boot, it, that exact same design style. Um, then of course, uh, Millwright and CNC for newbies. It just grew from there. So I think mm-hmm. I've got a. Um, 16 or 15 or 16 different Z independent bracketing systems now that nice. support all of the boots. Cool. Um, it, it's funny that you said that you were running into like a roadblock because I was kind of running into a roadblock at some point where I hated having to set the Z height on all my mm-hmm. bits. And I looked at something that we used at work, which was these collars that were you know, set up by, you know, someone in a room would set up all these little bits and they would set them all to the length and then they'd write on the bit what the length was and, you know, send you a a pack of bits. And, you know, as you broke them or or wore them out, you'd replace them. You'd know what your offset was supposed to be and you'd put it in. And I had just made like a little block to help me set these. And when I showed you that design, like you came up with something that I never would have thought of where, it kind of, I guess it like what it must taper in or something, right? To really lock that collar where it's supposed to be. And I remember the first time like you sent me one and I set it up and I pulled it out and measured it. And I was like, oh my God, it's the same exact thing. Like it, <laughs> the measurement was within, you know, uh, like, like a micron or something. Like I just couldn't believe it. And so, I mean, you've definitely got, got a good you know mind for doing this stuff and and for you know improving stuff and and taking other people's ideas and running with it like i never would have come up with something like that yeah the uh i tried making that in aluminum and i do have them on the on the website in aluminum mm-hmm. but man it costs so much to get the accuracy that's required mm. i was able to achieve that accuracy with with the proper print 3d printer settings mm. um using plastic a lot cheaper than I am with the aluminum. So (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make more in aluminum, but um, the 3d printed ones are like perfect. They're uh, very small or very accurate um, uh, layer heights where it gives me the precision that I need. And then of course I've got these 3d printers dialed in so well that I know exactly how much it expands whenever it prints. So whenever you're actually pushing down the print stuff or the filament, it can expand a little bit, like a fraction of a millimeter, but it's hmm. enough that if you can get that accuracy down and, and know your printers, you can mm-hmm. do really accurate stuff like that speed setter jig. Hmm. I'm, pre- I'm pretty happy with my printer when it doesn't spit out spaghetti. That's <laughs> 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 so much I 3D print. <laughs> well, yeah. at, at the... Uh, at the warehouse that I'm getting, I might be able to help you out with that. One, one day... Uh, Either uh, either in June, I think, or um, one day, maybe next year, or something like that. Maybe you can come over for the. Uh, I'm putting together a conference. Oh, nice! Where some folks can get together, come and actually get hands-on experience with 3D printers, which I'll have. Uh, eventually, I'll have 36 of them there at the, nice. at the warehouse. Oh That's yeah, crazy. that'd be cool. And of course, uh, a huge variety. This is probably going to be the biggest draw for the, for for my core audience, which is. Um, I'm going to have almost every CNC machine there is in this market. Um, what? How many machines? Is that so? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> There's one you don't have, but uh, yes, well, you can talk to Corey about that later. <laughs> that sounds like he's going to have it, so we're good. <laughs> well, I've got a, uh, let's see. Of course, I started out with the Shapokos and I went to, uh, I picked up myself an X car, which is actually above my head from a ceiling mount. Mm. Um, I've got a, what is it? I've got a CNC for newbies, a new carve mm. and Millwright, um, a mega V. Uh, these are all, sm- uh, some of these are smaller ones, like two by twos. Mm. Um, of course I've got the nomad sitting over <clears throat> the nomad sitting over here. The, uh, of course I've got all the Shapokos, literally <laughs> every one of them. There's an HDM nice. right behind me. There's a pro over there. I've got the five over there. 
the five actually officially kicked my wife out of the garage. So. <laughs> I was going to say earlier when you were talking about dust collection and, and needing to get the car in there. Yeah, I'm like, cars. Uh, there's, there's no cars behind you, Daniel. <laughs> it's completely full of robots. <laughs> I feel like I remember seeing a picture of a car in there like years ago when we first started talking. Though. So, so I can confirm there was once a car in there. Yep. And it's, it's my, my clock is ticking basically. <laughs> nice. I've got to get the car back in and it's wor- worse than that. The, uh, the pressure is on too, because it literally snowed like the last couple of days. So mm-hmm. and luckily the kids have had a uh, snow day, so they didn't have to go to school, but I was the one out there scraping the windows off. <laughs> oh man. So where, where are you at? You're in Arkansas. Yep. I'm in Northwest Arkansas. Up in oh, the, nice. Uh, pretty much dead center of the country. Mm, yeah. Uh, so should be pretty easy to get here from, from pretty much anywhere, even just driving. That's cool. So you're probably like an hour or two hours from me then. Cause I'm in Southwest Missouri. Oh yeah. 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 So, you'll be real quick. Sweet. And of course everybody's invited. I think I'm going to try to get a, uh, a, um, I'm going to work with the chamber of commerce local here. We're going to have a ribbon cutting for the new warehouse. Um, I'm hoping to get more kids cycling through. Um, what I mean by that is I have three teens on staff. Um, they officially switched to employees this year. Nice. Um, before that, we were just um, paying them, um, you know, just subcontractors basically. But now they're actual employees. And I'm hoping to get more kids involved in it because obviously 3D printing is very interesting to children, um, to, to school age kids. And of course, very few actually have that next step, which is looking at actual woodworking CNC machines. Mm-hmm. So being able to have that exposure to both mm-hmm. would be beneficial. Plus, uh, a lot of the stuff that I do, it's either bagging screws or something like that. So it's nice to have, you know, like a freshman in high school who's just getting their first job that just needs something for a couple of hours in the afternoon or maybe mm-hmm. just on a Saturday or something so that it doesn't interfere with their schoolwork. They can come and make a little bit of money, learn some stuff about maintaining 3D printers and that sort of thing. Of course, the three teens that I have now are about to uh, go into go into senior year, so they're mm. going to get to uh, they're going to gain responsibility of maintaining the 3D printers. That's wow. their main task. <laughs> nice. So they're going to get a deep dive into all that, and of course, they, I'm going to expect them to bring in the next the next batch to start learning how to. Uh, at first bagging screws, but <laughs> yeah, that's great. Nice. I mean, my first job, I don't know about you guys, but my first job was, uh, I think I worked at an ice cream place and you know, that did nothing for putting me where I am now, you know, I, even bagging screws for, you know, a, a manufacturer would have been great. Like, I think that would have been a, a real step up. Yeah. Mine was a uh, McDonald's. So did a whole lot for me. <laughs> <laughs> You probably were the reason that the shake machine was always broken. <laughs> no, I, 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 they didn't trust me with the shake machine. <laughs> That's funny. I don't want to talk about jobs, but I should mention <laughs> this real quick. I worked at Dunkin' Donuts for two days and they had the culottas and I, I turned the handle on it and started, you know, filling the cup and the handle came out and I couldn't get the handle back in. And I, so I couldn't shut the machine off and it's just dumping <laughs> culotta all over the place. And, you know, I cleaned it up. Like I didn't just like walk out or whatever, but I cleaned it up. And then the next day I was like, I'm not going back there. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, funny. yeah, but all right, yeah. back to, uh, important stuff. <laughs> so what's the, uh, what's the skinny on the, uh, the new building, Daniel? And what's your, your big, uh, do you have big growth plans or you just need a bigger space? Um, well, I'm, I'm literally f- boxes are falling on top of me. I'm so stuffed in this, in this garage right now. Um, so more space is the primary reason. Um, and then be able to actually provide a commercial space to bring employees into, to work to it's my wife is also tired of, um, okay, you can, you can bring them in on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but that's it. <laughs> into the garage. So nice. this will give a nice space for that too. Yeah. But yeah, so, the, uh, going to expanding is definitely the primary goal. I'm going to be coming out with so many designs this year. It is crazy. Awesome. They're, they're all That's floating great. in my head. <laughs> I'm ready to get them out and get them printing 
So yeah. So you are full time with it though. Is that right? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, this is my. I just thing. figured with the with the whole moving to a new warehouse, you're. Is, so is that is that going to be the plan, or Eventually, the goal? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's the main goal. Gotcha. So I'll be, I'll um, I'll be down there, and I'll be doing my day job for uh, so that I can have a better internet connection. I'm gonna have. I'm hoping yes. to have fiber down there. Oh, cool. Um, so I'll be doing my day job as I'm as I'm listening to printers in the background, but <laughs> right when that afternoon hits. And our evening hits, I'm going to be jumping over there, doing a bunch of stuff, and um, then coming home and, and enjoying the family. Nice. So, yeah, that'll be good to get that separation from the house. I, I was really under the impression that this was your full-time gig because, I mean, it certainly seems like it. Like It like definitely looks like it, looking yeah. at your page. You get a, a high volume of parts going out constantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. <laughs> I'm looking at a ticker right up there. It says 4,000, which means 4,000 orders since uh, mid-December of 21. Yeah, 21. Yeah, that's a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. So but that, That's an awful lot of speed setter jigs, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, good. That's, that is seriously one of my favorite things. I, I, I loved the original one that I had had you started making and that was very helpful for me but man the one that you came out with that that really turned around how i just how i was able to make stuff and i I think it's helped a lot of people you know because uh i mean how even at the the machine shops i've worked at you know we've had big haas cncs and whatever and they have uh you know i i forget what they call them it's just like a, a tool length setter or whatever and you know, that's like a thousand dollar option. That's not some cheap little block of aluminum, like, you know, what these other companies are are selling. And even that we were finding wasn't precise enough. And for us, when we would set our offsets, we'd use, we'd still use a piece of paper. We'd run the first part, see how off it was. And then we'd just go into our, our, you know, tool offsets and, and make the adjustment. And so, you know, in my head, I'm like, man, I can't even trust this thousand dollar setter. Why am I going to trust this, you know, cheaper one? And then the biggest problem I saw was the, like the, the following the steps. Like if you missed one step, I was on a zoom call with a guy walking through like how to do stuff and it was super loud. So it like shut the volume off and I'm watching, I'm like, man, it looks like that bit is running. And I'm saying to him, I'm like, like, dude, I think the bit is on. It should be off. And it's like moving towards his his uh, <laughs> tool probe and it comes down and goes right through it. And I'm like, I'm like, could you not hear me? Like that should have been off. And he's like, he's like, I don't, I don't even know what happened. You know, it just, you know, in a second there it was, it was all over. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of, kind of how it goes. But yeah, you miss like one little step in doing something, you know, you miss one of those prompts or, or whatever, or you try to do something a little different and it's all over. So I felt like that never happened with the uh, speed setters, which was mm. really nice. Um, so we talked so, about the speed setter. Oh, go ahead. Yep. So um, the next thing that we should probably talk about is the uh, um, workbench con. Mm, that's right. We are going, going to, to have a booth there. Are you? That's cool. Yep. So we're, uh, I'm going to, I'm actually going to bring the elite machine. I'm going to deck it out in uh, all kinds of 3d printed accessories and show people what is possible and get their mind thinking of hobby CNC machines and, and being able to extend the functionality of this machine. Sure. It's, it's, it's so many thousands of dollars, but you can still make it better. And I want people thinking about that, um, mm-hmm. either making my products or buying them or, coming up with products of their own. Seriously, I, I love watching people um, come up with ideas, um, put them together. I'm constantly looking at accessories, looking at what people are making and just really enjoying it. Um, nice. I try to I try to avoid um, making copies of anybody's stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. sometimes it, it, it just happens to be that my design just happened to be very similar to their design. Mm. Um, I do that very rarely. I try to avoid that. Sometimes I uh, come up with a design I make some prototypes and I end up not releasing it at all because I find out there's something that is just so closely matching it that mm. okay, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to step on their toes. I know they're doing it either for a real job or for hobbying. And hey, this is a maker's community. We're all supposed to be friends here. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. 
But um, we will be at uh, uh, Clinton, uh, me, um, Rick, who is uh, doing some of my acrylic, um, and the people over at uh, Sawdust Nation. Will they will also be uh, joining us in the booth? Um, nice. so, and you guys are obviously welcome. Of course, the the price for the ticket is a bit expensive, so that's <laughs> why I'm actually thinking about coming up with my own convention. <laughs> yeah, nice. But we'll be there, um, and I think about some swag and all that stuff. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be really fun. That's cool. Yeah. So, like, you know, we talked a little offline about Workbench Con, and you know, I went last year, and it it was kind of a disappointment because it wasn't what I was expecting it to be. And now I'm kind of, and I I was like, man, I will never go back there. But now I'm looking at it this year and I'm like, man, you're there. One finity is there. Um, God, now it's escaping me. Who else I've seen is, is saying they're going to be there as like the vendors or, or whatever, you know, whatever they're calling them. And, Mm -hmm it looks like it's actually going to be pretty good. You know, uh, uh, now nice. I think I'm still going to drive over, but I don't know. I, I at least, Oh, Carvco, they're going to be there even. Oh, nice. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're coming over from, from England. So I at least got to nice. stop, got to go over and say hi to them. Cause you know, otherwise I don't know when I'm going to see those guys, but yeah, yeah I'm going to uh, try. I'm going to try to get them over. Uh, I'm trying, I'm talking with them, trying to get them over in June over here in Northwest Arkansas and, for, for our thing. Mm, um, that'd be cool. And hopefully, I mean, this year it's just going to be a conference, which just means there's going to be a couple of classes, hands-ons mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, next year, I've, I'm, I'm going to be schmoozing up the local, uh, the local facilities, um, either the conference place or the expo places or that sort of thing to try to figure out how much it's going to cost and see if I can get some vendors in and that sort of thing and maybe do an expo on top of the conference yeah. um, for mm-hmm. next year. But, We'll see That's how awesome. much I can, uh, how, how much I can pull together. Do you guys have like a big, uh, community college around you or anything that's big into like manufacturing that would help like team up with you on that or possibly that's a good idea. <laughs> I was going to say, idea. if they don't, you should come up here to the school I'm going to, cause they have, I mean, a ton of like resources and cool machines and I'm sure they'd be all up for having a convention like that. So yeah, a couple of years ago, I was on the, uh, engineering alumni board um, mm. here at the university of Arkansas, which is, which is my, okay. alma mater. Nice. And they might have something that I could probably approach them. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, this stuff is, is kind of the thing right now, you know, like, like getting kids and, and just anybody really into all this, you know, digital fabrication and whatever is like, it's the thing, like that's where we're going. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it would be crazy for, you know, companies or, or colleges and whatever, not to get behind this stuff. Cause I mean, yeah. this is definitely the, this is, this is the direction like, you know, well, the, uh, I was talking with the local chamber of commerce and I was trying to get, I was basically, I, I went straight up and asked them, why should I join? Right. Cause it's a membership fee and then, mm-hmm. and then they have services <laughs> and I'm not a local business technically. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, serve it. I don't have foot traffic or anything like that. This is all online sales and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So why should I get involved with my local chamber of commerce? And she, and they came back with some really good suggestions. Hmm. Uh, many of them were getting involved in um, the local schools, um, some entrepreneur programs that they've got going on, um, some place that they can come and look at what's going on and expose the kids to uh, how she coined it was non-college degree required careers which was interesting because hmm. the obviously i've got a degree so but and then every time i think about it i am technically applying my degree but um anybody could technically do this um if you've got the smarts if you've got um smarts as in you've got the know-how you've got the hands-on you you know what this device is or or how to use it or how to take it apart and put it back together you don't need a degree to do that um mm-hmm. So it gives them opportunities so they don't have to spend a huge chunk of cash up front to buy a degree, basically. Yeah. Before getting into the into the market and making some good money. I, it's kind of funny. I had a guy kind of try to make a sneer at me at um, a shot show that I was just at last week. And uh, they're this company that they have like a laser, like a rotary laser. And I really didn't even know when I was talking to him, like it's a rotary fiber laser or something. 
I thought that they were just like making these gun stocks and stuff they had on the table. So I'm asking questions about it. Like, Hey, you know, how are you guys making these? Like, do you have a rotary? And they're like, Oh yeah, this is our machine. It's a, a rotary uh, fiber. I'm like, Oh, cool. You know, I got, I've got a rotary CNC that I'm making, you know, obviously I'm not the level you guys are at, but I'm, you know, chit chatting with them. And you could tell the expression on his face changed. Like I'm competition now, not just a person talking to him. And then, uh, you know, he looks at the machine, doesn't say anything about it, doesn't compliment it. And then he's like, well, uh, well, what's your degree in? I'm like, what, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Well, what's my degree in? I have a machine here that I built. <laughs> Did you build your machine or are you a salesman? Like, fuck off. <laughs> it was great. It's funny, though. <laughs> you know, that that's what people... It, I think I, that a lot more people see that now that it's like, it doesn't really matter what your degree is. Like, obviously, in your case, you went to engineering, so it helped you a lot in what you're doing. But you don't have to be an engineer if you have the like tenacity or the uh, you just are very inter- interested in doing it and you chase it like that's that should be what's important is that at the end of the day, you got the knowledge you needed to do what you want to do. Well, I found out what was it um, early before the 70s. I, I, I haven't validated this fa- this 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 fact quote, um, but I understand that, that colleges were free. Or something. I'm, I'm not sure. I've got to look into it further. But I know uh, being that college right now is so expensive, mm. and you can get a degree. I mean, all that knowledge is on the internet. The mm. wonderful thing about the internet—that is the college of life. So, mm. <laughs> if you've got Google and YouTube, you can pretty much figure out everything. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a kind of a neat shift in how we do things in that regards. I feel like with the maker community, like most people in this community have that mindset that I can do anything. I just need to figure out how. Right. So, you know, like you said, you don't, you know, you don't necessarily need a degree to do what you do or whatever. Like saying that to your average person, I I don't think makes sense to them. But I think saying it to someone in the maker community or just someone that does stuff that they hear it in a different way. They, they actually hear, Oh, you're right. I can do that. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, I think we're all cut from, from a, what's the, what's the saying? Cut from a different, whatever, cloth. cut from a different <laughs> cloth. I was going to say a different <laughs> sheet of paper, but uh, yeah, cloth sounds better. <laughs> well, when, when I first started designing the, the coming out with the, the products and selling them, everybody basically told me, Oh, you should patent it and that sort of thing. And, mm. I looked into it, um, and and I it patenting basically gets into the point of well, if you get a patent, you have to defend the patent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which involves lawsuits and that sort of thing. It's to me that takes away from the makers community. Yeah, if I have to defend it or I have to go and yell at someone or something, that's not what I want to do. I, well, it really comes down to who has the most money. That's all it comes yeah. down to with the with mm-hmm. the with the trademark and and you know a lot of times it doesn't matter. You get something patented or trademarked, and then if somebody else is either going to not care and do it anyway, and then are you going to spend the money to chase them down, or they're going to get around your patent by you know how much money they give to the court system? <laughs> so it's yeah. like it's kind of funny when people say stuff like that, like oh you should patent it. I'm like because mm-hmm. I've had people say that about the the rotary CNC, and I'm like but it's a rotary CNC. Like there's already more rotary CNCs out there. Like I can't patent a, a three or four axis machine. There's already, that's already out there. <laughs> like <laughs> I can trademark the name, but that's about all I really need to do. Yeah. Well, the, when, whenever I, whenever I, whenever I finally came to the conclusion that I did not want to patent anything um, ever, um, I just wanted it out there. And then I was thinking, well, of course, there are going to be copycats or somebody out there who, who tries to make the same thing. Um, I mean, there, there's a guy on um, um, Etsy right now who basically copies all of my stuff. If you go look, you can obviously tell that it was my design. Mm-hmm. Um, he slaps it. I think there was one a uh, long time ago. There was a guy that came out with a... So one of my popular products is called a toe clamp. I mean, mm-hmm. it's nothing special. It's just a clamp that has a ledge on it that holds parts down it's not a super special design um Mm. and i swear i think he took my exact file put a smiley face on it and then (laughs) sold it as smile clamps 
Okay. <laughs> um, but he doesn't. So, and then I was thinking, okay, well, how do I respond to something like that? And I was thinking this early on before I saw any copycats was, look, I want to improve the maker community. I want to give more than I take. And the way I saw that was, okay, I am, my, my wife coined it a long time ago. I shouldn't be making products for end users. I should be making products for, for engineers, for, for other smart people. So that's what I've kind of applied here. Um, I provide the product if you don't want to do it. If you don't have the time, just buy the product. Um, I provide it. There's a couple of assembly instructions and you're good to go and you get to use the product. Mm. Then there's another group of people who like making the products. They don't, they don't necessarily have the, uh, their brain hasn't switched over to designing something like mine has, but they do like to make stuff. Mm -hmm. um, even if it's just provided like a jigsaw puzzle of parts and they put it together either through a video or, or documentation or something like that. Um, I provide that as well. So you can either make it yourself or you can buy it and just use it. Either way, you get to have your own flair. You get to, you get to make it and use it and make what you want to make, which is, uh, you know, whatever you want to carve, 3D carving, flags, whatever you want to make, you get to do it and then accomplish what the product I provide offered. Or you can just take on the challenge of making it yourself. You get to choose your own filament colors if you want to do 3D printing. Um, mm -hmm. Carve it the way you want. I mean, put in your own tweaks and designs to this these files that I provide so that you can make it. And then if somebody does end up copying it, I'm just going to be on, I'm already going to be on like design three or four um, <laughs> by the time they end up copying design one. Um, and of course, version three or four of the product is going to be way better than any of the previous versions. Um, so just keep designing. I mean, there's so much in my head. If I can get it all out, um, <laughs> people, will, uh, people will appreciate it, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we have very similar um, kind of mindsets on like our competition and it's, they have to be willing to do more than you. Like they can, they can do everything you're doing, but they have to keep doing it. They have to keep designing. They have to keep pushing it and they have to keep chasing it. And a lot of people don't have the persistence really. I mean, they, they'll make one or two things and be like, yeah. And, but then they'll be like, they'll run out of steam. So they might be able to compete for a while, but are they going to be able to compete with you? for as long as you're going to be able to do it because you, you obviously have the, uh, the drive for this. It's, it's pure fun. I, I love doing this stuff. It's, it's, it's really crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just killed the cameras, uh, in case you didn't notice that Daniel, um, so don't freak <laughs> out. Uh, we're getting a little bit of lag, but, uh, I think that'll take out. care of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are still here. So, um, okay. yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying and, um, you know, we've got another guy in the maker community who probably isn't in the same exact community that you're in, Brian House, who makes mm -hmm. uh, grinders. And I feel like I feel like he could have just said exactly what you just said. And and I, I feel like that sentiment does resonate with a lot of the makers in the community. You know, like I've never uh, heck I used to make like the the cnc flags i mm -hmm. never saw anyone else that made cnc flags as my competition like mm. i it it just always felt like we were kind of doing this together almost you know oh yeah so well one one simple example i know um i know rowdy roman um who's also mm -hmm. a a onefinity partner mm -hmm. um he and he and I basically came up with a very similar product mo more recently. Um, mm. So the the elite machines, the Onefinity Elite machines, whenever they were released um, or first announced, I should say, um, they come with either the uh, you can either buy it with an eighty millimeter mount or the sixty five. You don't have to buy the sixty five and then buy the eighty. Now you can buy whichever one you want. Mm. Um, when and then. Of course, everybody who's buying the 80 is really wanting to put a spindle onto it, but not everybody can afford a spindle right up front. Um, I know I've got a premium product um, with all the extra work and labor that's put into it, but even the Amazon specials, um, they're, they're still pretty expensive, especially after you've purchased a huge machine, you know, that elite machine. So many people were coming up 
and going, hey, can is there something that I could put into this 80 millimeter mount so that I can use my Makita router that I've already got? Mm. Um, so it's, it's just a shim. It's it's mm-hmm. really nothing special. Um, yeah. He, he and I both came up with the same design. This is another example of me whenever I come up, I've got a design and I look, once I'm ready to start looking into releasing it, I go and look at the market, look at the competition to see who's already got it. Um, and of course, um, Ben helped me out. He, he's, he's, he's always on the look on that, look out for that. Um, and he points it out whenever there's something very similar on the market. Um, and, and it allows me to go and look at what it, what it is, who's doing it, um, find out how they're doing and see if I want to recommend them instead mm. of coming out with the product myself. Right. And of course, yeah, Rowdy, he's, he's a great guy. Um, and of course he wouldn't be, he wouldn't not be a great guy because Onefinity is also partnering with him. So he, they share story or Mark is a very good guy. He shares stories. He gets to know you before he partners with you, which is really nice. nice. Um, so I know Rowdy's a really good guy. So is Ben. Um, both of them work with Onefinity quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, that was a design that I came out with or that I, that I designed up and I showed some pictures on in my users group and uh, Ben pointed it out and I looked at it and I reached out to uh, Rowdy and said, Hey, look, you're, you came out with product first. I'm not going to come out with this, but here's a couple of tweaks that I made to the design um, that you might be interested in putting out there. Um, I haven't checked whether he incorporated those changes or not, but I shared the file and said, Hey, make your product better here. Here it is. Um, if you think this is a better design, then go ahead and incorporate that into yours. And that way we help the community, which mm-hmm. is really what our, what my main goal is for sure. That's cool. So that was kind of where I was hoping we could go next to the spindles. Cause I feel like mm. that's your big thing right now. Um, I, I was shocked at how, how much work you're doing to get them out like you're you seem like that's kind of your nonstop thing right now so i i guess if if you're new to cncs or even if you've had one for a little while why would someone want a spindle like what what is what why would they do that upgrade so from a um from a pure um well here i'll, I'll give you the reason why i added a spindle. I added a spindle um, in early 2020 um, to my own machine. I went with an Amazon special and I did the research, figured out how to make it, how to how to solder it. And it was very nerve wracking. I hadn't soldered in like 20 years. Um, so I, I had to figure all that out again. And, and I put it onto my machine. And really the whole reason I went with the spindle is because of the noise. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time I had young boys, um, they were uh, four and six at the time. And, you know, eight o'clock comes along. It's bedtime. They need to be in bed and it needs to be quiet. Um, <laughs> I was running the DeWalt router at the time, mm. uh, which is probably the loudest one available. Oh, uh, yeah. That thing's a screamer. <laughs> yes. And having yep. that and the shop vac was, was uh, and I had a, a 12-year-old rigid shop vac at the time. It was very <laughs> loud also. And... Eight o'clock comes and I had to stop carving and that was it. There was no questions asked. I had to stop. Um, so whenever I added the added the spindle onto the, onto my machine, all of a sudden I was able to carve um, after eight o'clock, especially after I added like the, uh, I think the first thing I added was the uh, Fez tool, um, mm. the CT26, mm. the shop vac. Nice. Super quiet. And I could turn that all the way down to suction on low, which is actually how I designed version two. Um, was with its lowest setting and I wanted it as efficient as possible because Hmm. I needed to get past eight (laughs) o'clock. Right. Um, Well, the spindle was what was what did it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I started looking around um, here at the, uh, what is it? End or I guess the middle of 21, uh, 2021 in the summer of 2021, I started looking around at all of the options and going, Hey, I've got this great business um, with the boots um, it has has afforded me some investment capital that I might be able to invest this money because I've, I've been reinvesting the whole money into the business anyways. So what kind of product would I want to come out with? Um, and I was looking into something non-3D printed. And then I said, well, I've had this one Bitcoin. Actually, it was 0.76 <laughs> Bitcoins. <laughs> 
sitting in sitting in my in my wallet for a long time and I'm going, okay, let's sell that. <laughs> let's buy a bunch of VFDs and and spindle motors and let's put my flare on a spindle kit. Hmm. So that's how it kind of started. Was was coming out with a new product, something to help the community even further because I saw that spindles were definitely the next step, but mm-hmm. nothing was plug and play. Mm. Um, people That's who true. buy a, a palm router, you can literally plug it in, flip the switch, turn the dial, and you're using it. Mm-hmm. Um, spindles at the time were basically all um, purchased off from Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, other uh, companies came out. Um, I know Jason on the uh, Onefinity uh, users mm-hmm. group, he was doing it for a while. Um, He's a uh, um, an air conditioning technician down in a, I think he's more than just a technician, but down in a Florida, so, mm. which they have used a lot of air conditioning. But <laughs> so that keeps him busy, and he was doing that on. He was putting together spindle kits on the side. Um, of course, there's BNR also out there. Um, they're mm. they're primarily helping out the uh, the CNC for newbies crowds. Um, anybody who's got those machines, they, they are recommended by uh, by that company. Mm. Um, and I was looking at something. I wanted something more than plug and play or more than what was out there. I wanted it fully plug and play. So that was my, nice. has been my entire goal the entire time was finding plugins. I mean, right now I'm, I'm the only person on the market or the kit on the market that has a plug-in spindle cable. Um, well. You got to wire it in for everybody else's, but mine, you literally just plug it in and turn the dial and, and it locks into place. Well, so, Daniel, at first, you had my curiosity, and now you have my attention. <laughs> um, are these uh, air-cooled spindles or water-cooled, or do you have both? Um, so I've got both, um, okay. ranging from, was it 1.5 kilowatts, um, 65 mm-hmm. millimeter, which is the smallest, um, mm-hmm. air and water. Um, then, of course, I've got the largest, which is the 2.2 kilowatt, also air and water. Mm-hmm. Um, then I was looking around and going, okay, everybody's wanting to run on their home wall plugs at 110 watts or volts. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> those things can usually only give you about 15 amps, yep. which basically limits you to a 1.5 kilowatt motor. But the most desirable feature of all of the spindle kits is that ER20 collet, yep. which allows you a half inch mm-hmm. um, spindle or uh, shank bits. <laughs> So I went to the manufacturer and said, hey, I need a 1.5 kilowatt with an ER20. And they said, well, there's this one. It's 80 millimeters. It's the same size as the 2.2. And it costs the same as the 2.2s. I said, okay, I know this is going to be popular. Let's get this into the market. And, and so I'm probably one of the very few places that has that specific motor configuration. And that's actually my second most popular motor mm. behind only the, uh, the 2.2 water cooled. Yeah. Well, that is a nice option. That's, that's a, that right there is a huge upgrade for somebody running a hobby CNC machine to be able to, you know, mm-hmm. grab a, a half inch bit. Cause like even, you know, you take a look at like one and stuff like that. And even like Shapoko's new machine and like they're, they're pretty capable machines and, and really you're only limited by, what what size bit you can use and then having a router and being able to control your speed and and this takes care of all of that yep so we're definitely gonna have to talk offline <laughs> daniel <laughs> because I, i'm i'm having those same issues right now like we're, we're we're selling our machine and i'm selling it without a router or spindle so that people can make that option and then i mm-hmm. help them uh, in which bracket they need to get, or we're, we're making our own 80 millimeter mount in house just so that we can make our own. Um, but it would be nice to be able to be like, Hey, here's a plug and play VFD that you can get with the machine, um, that we don't have to make. Cause if, if I'm going to buy somebody, like if they're going to buy the machine and they want a VFD and they have no idea how to program it, I'm like, okay, well, I guess we could program it for you and send you the whole thing, but that's a lot of extra time on our part. And if I could just switch to being like, hey, this is a plug and play system that works great with it and it looks cool, would mm-hmm. would be awesome. So it programming it definitely takes time, even uh even as, as efficient as I've got it down to. Um it mm-hmm. probably takes me uh 
probably takes me exactly 30 minutes now. I mean, I've probably put together yeah. probably 200 of them so far. Um, and, and I've got it down to about 30 minutes. If I have all the parts sitting in front of me, I can fully assemble program and even test a spindle kit, one spindle kit in 30 minutes, <laughs> man. So is there no way to like talk to the manufacturer on that and be like, Hey, can we just have a PWN CNC? Like, <laughs> like you guys just upload it instead of like you getting in there and programming it. Like it just came equipped with that program. Yeah. I've, I've, I've asked that a couple of times and, and mm. haven't, haven't got satisfactory answers yet, <laughs> mm-hmm. huh. but my, uh, but my teens are also becoming intimately familiar with how to assemble a spindle kit. Get your army of teens on it. I like it. <laughs> so uh, you uh, you mentioned uh, that it looks cool, Corey, and this these really do look cool because yeah, you're not just getting a regular VFD. You've made an enclosure for this thing that. Like, yeah, I mean, it does look awesome. Like, I'm a big fan of like the the black and yellow scheme and the, the hexagons and that kind of stuff. Anyways, and and it just it looks like it looks like a proper piece of the kit now, you know, instead of just like something that somebody's thrown together. Like, it it looks like it's, uh, I mean, and it is purpose built. Yeah. Well, it's 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 funny how you know you buy you buy for example a, a Onefinity CNC machine and you there's an expectation that everything is injection molded, high quality and everything like that. And I'm finding it interesting how accepting people are of 3d printed parts. Mm-hmm. Um, now who knows, maybe there's a CNC machine in my future. I don't know, but I think even then 3d printed parts is, has almost become my signature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got to have a 3d printed part in there somewhere <laughs> so that it, it, it that flare is there. And that well, VFD I'm, enclosure is one of those. I mean, with, with the speeds that some of these new uh, 3D printers are running, they're totally viable as a production machine. Like the, you know, everybody's talking about the Bamboo Labs. And you have one, don't you? The X1 Carbon? Yes, I've actually got two of them. <laughs> nice. So I'm, I'm talking with uh, one of my customers about having him print our uh, tablet enclosure uh, or case for it because it's kind of a pain in the butt for us to make it because we make it on the CNC machine, we mill it and then we wrap it with vinyl. And that, that in itself takes a while to like heat the vinyl up, wrap it and then get everything to wrap around with nice corners. And if I could just put it on a 3d printer that does it in, you know, even 30 minutes per case, like that's, that's totally doable. That saves me a ton of time. And if you it can do it some- out of carbon fiber and that's going to look awesome too. You can get some pretty strong parts out of it, almost aluminum strength. If you go with something like a Mark Forge, I mean, it's a little more expensive, but mm. it, excuse me, it is a. You can have continuous fiber uh, strands in it, which further strengthens strengths. Yeah, strengthens <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, so we've we've talked about doing that uh, for our fixture parts for the rotary because you know mm-hmm. you've got to have a fixture part that keeps things on center line of the axis you want it to be on and if it's an odd shaped part you need to 3d print something that can you know match that surface but then also have like a, a round plug to fit in the chuck um, and to machine fixtures for that would be a nightmare because you either have to have like a five axis machine that can turn this thing around and make an odd shaped part that you can use over and over or you can 3d print it out of carbon fiber and then if your bit does happen to touch it it's not going to break the bit like it's going to be just as strong almost and way easier to achieve it well, you can cool. get some really nice things going on i mean my enclosures not only did it has hdpe panels which is the main structure you've got the 3d printed parts that holds it together and then of course i really wanted an ability to you know upgrade the kits which basically involves allowing me to put in more cable inlets or adjust them or change them or whatever. And I've done that like four times. I've got, I'm on, currently on my version four of the enclosure. Um, and I do that mainly through changing the sub panels, those small little side yellow panels. Hmm. Um, I can 3D print those in different shapes or whatnot to accommodate whatever cable inlets that I'm wanting to add in there in order to add features or remove features. And of course, Hmm. I've got acrylic on there as well. 
um, just for that nice extra shade, and then which allows me to do um, hexagons in the front mm-hmm. using a laser printer or I'm sorry, a laser cutter. Um, mm. And it's it's just the possibilities are endless. <laughs> yeah. So what is, I mean, I, I guess you've kind of already mentioned it. The big next big thing is kind of going to be the building, but you said you've got a lot of ideas in your head. Are there any, any you can talk about or probably, uh, probably not, I'm sure. But if there is anything you could share. Well, I know it's already out there. I am looking into an ATC. <laughs> so mm. an oh, auto wow. tool change spindle. Um, I know the, the Onefinity nice. Elite is the first hobby-level machine that can actually accommodate one, and that's specifically because of the Masso controller. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I cannot uh, explain how nice it is, that <laughs> controller, compared to the other controllers on the market. And I've, I probably have two dozen controllers, not just on the machines that I purchased, but I buy controllers just to learn them and to mm. understand the settings required and all that, everything from the open build black box to, uh, mm-hmm. I've got a couple others. I, I forgot the names, but the Masso, whenever I got a hold of that one, um, it just really impressed me. All yeah. the inputs and outputs that are capable, I'm able to trigger the pneumatics, um, which is required for ATCs and all of that. It's just, it's a much nicer controller. And then of course they've went a step further and I'm, I don't mean to be a salesman for Onefinity. <laughs> I'm just really impressed with what they did. <laughs> they're, uh, they're closed loop steppers. Um, mm. That is definitely a step above in my opinion. Yeah. I, f- I feel like that's really the only way they could have done anything much better. Like, like the machine itself, again, not trying to be a salesman for them, but like, you know, I've got the, um, uh, 48 by what is a 48 by 32 inch um i can't think of the name of it right now yeah the journeyman and you know that's a pretty impressive machine and the only time that i ever have anything where i'm like man i wish i wish this or i wish that it's something related to the controller so Mm -hmm. having that that mazo like that is crazy that somebody stuck one of those on a hobby CNC that, and, 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 and I don't know if I'd really even call it a hobby CNC anymore. It's, it's in that price range, but it's, it's a, a really capable machine. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm those jealous those, that you have one already. That's definitely my uh, only complaint with the, the Onefinity is the controller. And like Daniel said, I've seen a ton of controllers and they're all, they're all different, but they're almost the same, but then there's the Mazo and it's like, the Cadillac, like yeah. I, I want to get one of those things so bad. Like, the, they're wicked. Well, once I'm once I'm in the warehouse, you guys are all welcome to come on down. Um, I'm definitely, you can I'm look definitely at, coming down. Yeah, you can yeah. look at everything from the Shapoko Five to the Shapoko HDM to the Onefinity Elite. I even just finally started receiving um, Avid parts. I'm hmm. putting together yeah. an Avid four by four. Okay, nice. Um, I'm also in talks um, with uh, CNC for newbies. I'm trying to get a hold of one of their pro machines as well, so I can have literally a variety of machines sitting right there. It'll probably be the only place in the entire country where someone could actually visit and get a a, a visual hands-on, even use the machine mm-hmm. um, across all of these different brands. It's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think that's, it's I think it's a great crazy. idea. I definitely want to come check it out. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't wait for this. Uh you know, like the actual conference, but just the whole idea of it in general sounds, sounds really cool. Like it, I think it's something that, that we needed as a community. And, um, you know, I think it'd be real good for people to, to start learning or, or gaining interest in CNC stuff even more than they already are. Yeah. It'd be cool to um, see where it goes. A middle of the map conference would be great, mainly because I live mm-hmm. in the middle of the map. I don't want to travel. But, <laughs> but I mean, if you think about it, if everybody's coming to the middle, like everybody travels the same amount, basically. Yeah. I'm tired of going to Atlanta for stuff anyway. So <laughs> I'll, I'll fly to the middle of the country or even drive just to avoid not having to drive around Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can come out here and you can see the cows right after you get off the plane. <laughs> mm. Yeah, there's no cows in Atlanta from what I've seen. Well, I know the uh, the Workbench Con, I know that's very targeted. They're, they're specifically targeting influencers. Mm-hmm. And I know not everybody is an influencer. Many of them are just, many people, 
especially in the community we love, is they're just woodworkers. They like mm-hmm. to get in their shop. They like to make stuff. Um, they like the tools in order to make the stuff that they like to share with either friends or family or sell at the, mar- the local markets or something like that. And the Workbench Con being targeted towards influencers, they're going to be priced for influencers. Oh, yeah. it's, gonna, it's all going to be expensive. Um, I'm looking at, I mean, I was looking at so many reviews um, before deciding whether to get a booth there or not. Um, and exactly who I was going to be running into, you know, coming, who was coming to the booth and all that, all that research, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it basically boiled down to, well, these are the people you're going to want to partner with. So I'm going with business cards, for example, that say, hey, partner with me. Here's my partner's website. Sign up. Um, if you perform really well, then we'll take this to the next level. Um, nice. And and I know a lot of their influencers in general get a lot of bad names, um, asking for free stuff and all that stuff. And and. I've thought about that too, because in some ways I am an influencer, but in other ways I'm just a regular maker and I I want to help not only the community, but also the influencers, which in through them, I can help the rest of the community. Right. Mm -hmm. So going with the approach of, I'm not trying to sell to the people at WorkbenchCon. That's not my goal. I want to partner with you. Come, come to my booth, come get a card, sign up for the partner's website um, promote Pwn CNC, promote the designs, get all that out there. And as you do better and better, the influence goes on. Um, you start getting a spindle kit. Hey, I want you to try this spindle kit out for me, review it for me, throw it up on the, on your site, see who, um, of your people, of your followers really like what you're, what they're seeing. So yeah, that's, that's how I'm going to the workbench con, but for my convention, I'm wanting to do the opposite. I don't want in, I don't want necessarily targeting influencers. I'm targeting the woodworker, the right. guys who want to come out and just do woodworking. So I'm going to have you know proper pricing for for the regular woodworker. You want to bring your wife? Come on out. She can have a a spouse ticket or your kid. You want to go and show them some of the neat things that are happening in woodworking. Show them how to 3D print. How to do whatever. Bring them on out. Get a discounted price for your kid. There's no reason to pay full price if you're just a kid. <laughs> but um, I'm also looking at it from another perspective is Northwest Arkansas is literally the home of Walmart. Um, Walmart's headquarters is literally up the street, which means we've got a lot of everybody's money flowing here, hmm. um, which gives us things like um, Crystal Bridges and and hmm. there's a there's a um, Amazium. It's, it's a kid's... Um, hands-on museum kind of thing, learning and that sort of thing. There's lots of uh, parks and lakes and all this stuff that I know there are many places like this all across the country, um, but very few actually come to Northwest Arkansas to see what's going on there uh, because we're Arkansas and we're right in the middle of the country. So why come here when you can go right down to the coast and go jump in the ocean or something? Well, hopefully the workbench or our convention will be a little different and, and more for uh, more approachable um, yeah. is, is my real desire. Uh, yeah. I don't think, a, I don't think enough people know about like the Ozarks and how like pretty the area actually is. But I mean, Arkansas is probably a very, very pretty state that like, I don't think enough people know about like, but we are, we are the uh, natural state. That's true. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, that could be a, a good, you know, just like getaway for people too. Yeah. Um, especially like, you know, comp- people who may be running businesses or whatever, you know, they can just use that as an opportunity to kind of take a break from stuff to go see the sites and whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, that should be that, a uh, that Crystal Bridges is really cool too. That's like a art museum. Mm, I was going to ask what that was. It's it's really cool. The um the nice thing is I'm, I'm trying to also target the families and that sort of thing because I'm putting it in putting it in June so that everybody is getting out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, some people can't get on a full-on vacation or something like that, but they can bring their family over here, go, go to the places, come to the convention, say hi to other woodworkers, and, and kind of get, use it as a family vacation sort of thing if they need to um, yeah. so they can combine and, and make things a little more reasonably priced. Have you, have you thought about setting it up similar to like a maker camp, like where it's like a, a campground type of setting? 
or oh, that's an interesting idea. Can you can you expand on that? Well, I mean, like, have you been to Maker Camp up in the Catskills? I have not. No. Okay, so everybody goes there, and then you can either tent camp or you can rent a room, and it happens to be at the Sleep you know on the, the floor in my room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got plenty of space in there, guys. Um, but at the the, bl- <laughs> the Blackthorn Resort, you know, they put it on, and they have tons of rooms for you to rent out. But there's got to be somewhere in Arkansas that is similar, you know, a, a resort mm. that oh, yeah. would host a big event like that. Um, I'm sure there's a way to work that out. And then that way, when people are vacationing in the summer, uh, that's probably when you, you know, want to do some tent camping anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be a, a good, good idea for it. You could, you mm. could camp out and then you go make some stuff. Oh, yeah, that is a very good idea. What, what is that one called? That's Maker Camp. So that's mm-hmm. uh, upstate New York, the Catskills. Um, ah. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, right now it's kind of more outdoors. I know they're building inside one of the, um, the like, little motels or whatever buildings that they have. They're in the basement. They're going to be putting, like, CNC-type stuff or, or more indoor stuff. Um, mm. But, yeah, that'd be that'd be real cool if they had, like, some sort of – you know, like a big hall or something at yeah. at a resort or whatever. You could have, you know, tons of CNC machines and, and, and all that stuff set up there. That'd be really interesting. Plus, we got uh, we got Johnny Morris from Bass Pro, you know, right up here. So we get him on, bo- on board with it. And we have a, we have a nice maker camp. <laughs> all right. Well, real quick, I think we should probably thank our patrons. So... We have got a Patreon. If anyone would like to check that out, you can help support us over there. Uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash makeshift podcast. We got a couple different levels that you can support us at, and we read everyone's names out on there. Uh, if you're in the top tier, it gets you into a group chat, which is always very interesting. Um, I see a lot of funny stuff and a lot of dumb stuff in there. But uh, So anyways, we've got... Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Concepts, Hatch Made It, Ed Johns from ButtJoints.com, JJ's Repair, Green Street Joinery, Michael Nye, Vincent Ferrari, Brenda, Chad's Custom Creations, Mike from Pixels to Prototype, Toby Mural of UK Knife Maker Supply, Henry Davis of HT1 Metalworks, Woodland Iron, David Beckwith, Matthew from and, you know, I thought I said this right by saying Artigino Serio, but he was on <laughs> um, American Craftsman Podcast, and I think he said Archiano Serio, which sounds a lot cooler. Mm. So uh, Matthew from Archiano Serio, even though there's a T in there, but it's <laughs> not American, so I guess that's why I think that's weird. Uh, Jake Largan from Metal Chef Customs, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Uncle Sam Knife Making or Adam Coonrat, David Wood, The Grant Alexander, Austin Saunders, and Brad. So thank you all for the support, everyone. Really appreciate it. <laughs> and Brad. Yeah. It's I mean <laughs> that's what he's got his name in there as. Brad. Brad, if you would like us to put, you know, Brad's customs or whatever, but you're in there as Brad, so it's Brad. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. That is funny. And Brad, thank you, Brad. It makes me think thank it's like you, it's like your uh, old like college roommate or something. Like <laughs> and Brad, it's the guy, the guy that lives next door in that. Uh, what was the movie with like like 21 pieces of flair office space? <laughs> he's like yeah. talking to the guy next door. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's bang- yeah. yelling through the wall. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy brad's been a mechanic for 30 years in case you haven't heard oh yeah all right well what do you think uh we went over a lot daniel i feel like there's probably a <laughs> lot more that we could talk about though um i don't know where uh so where what where 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 do we find you i guess to start well we're um we're definitely at pwncnc.com and you can find all the links on the website and all that of course, we have users groups, which there's a link on the users group and all that. Um, with a, I'm always in the, so we have a Facebook page and we have a Facebook users group. 
And mm. I'm very active in the users group, constantly listening, posting um, things I might be working on, um, hoping and soliciting feedback. Um, I want to know what works, what doesn't. Um, the I, I don't want I don't want a bunch of yes men around me. <laughs> I want people who say, "Hey, that that's a stupid idea. Mm. <laughs> fix that," and then I'll go and fix it. Have um, you Have you been on TikTok? i have a tiktok i've posted a couple of things but not a lot i've been posting a lot more on instagram recently Mm. you're uh just pwn cnc on instagram right pwn cnc yep and i'm pretty sure i signed up for for a pwn cnc account on tiktok but then i lost the login and i keep reaching out to them and they won't respond so i've had to set up a pwn cnc com um another another you another one Maybe eventually I'll get a hold of the original one. Yeah. Cool. Well, what do you guys think? You got anything else? Uh, it's weird no. not being able to see you. Yeah. You no. can just make like faces at me like, nope, let's go. But now I can't <laughs> see that. So. All right. Well, thank you all very much for listening. Um, like like you said, uh, check them out, Pwn CNC. And uh, e- even if you're not into CNC stuff, I think just, uh, you know, Daniel's his ideas really embody what the maker community is. So uh, yeah. even if you're not into CNC stuff, definitely check him out, give him a follow and uh, you know, just see, see what he's doing and, and, and see where he's coming from on stuff. Cause it's, it's, it's huge. So we re- we uh, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Daniel. It was a great, great discussion. It was a blast. I enjoy talking about the uh, makers community and, and really love to talk to everybody out there. Cool. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and we will see everybody next week. See you.